Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome to today's Facebook Live. We're going to look at some of the issues that we're going to cover on my radio program today. As you know, as I tell you every day, I'm on the air, KSL News Radio, live from 1 o'clock until 3 o'clock. I'm begging you to tune in. We're going to cover some important topics today. First and foremost, what the heck is going on in Kaysville? Or maybe the more appropriate way to ask that question now is, what the heck is not going on in Kaysville? You know the backstory. Colin Ray, country western music superstar, 16 number one hits, and he has partnered up with an organization here in Utah. And the story initially went that the Kaysville mayor, Katie Witt, had given her blessing for there to be a concert to take place, headlined by Colin Ray on city property, again, in the city of Kaysville. Uh, various other members of Kaysville government have since chimed up saying, um, you know, the mayor didn't really run this by us as thoroughly as maybe we would have liked. And in fact, today it's expected that the commission will get together uh, and collectively denounce uh, the support by Mayor Witt for this concert. But you know what? We woke up this morning to a brand new revelation that uh, it turns out that this whole deal may be a moot point, at least as it applies to what's going on in Kaysville, because the announcement from the organizers of this deal, the the gentleman named Eric Mutsos, former police officer who has organized other gatherings of this sort, he has announced that this concert will no longer be taking place at the city park in Kaysville, but rather now on private property at a private venue in Grantsville. He, uh, you know, I guess he's a concert promoter now. This morning on with Dave and Debbie talked about how there will be 300 slots available for businesses to come and that thousands of uh, Utahns will be welcome, welcome to uh, join in the festivities. And Debbie asked some remarkable questions, some very important questions. First and foremost, what does Grantsville have to say about this? (laughs) Guess what? Grantsville hasn't really been uh, consulted on this deal, nor has Tooele County. In fact, in the midst of the conversation between Debbie Djanovic and this organizer, Eric Mutsos, uh, there was a tweet that went out from one of the commissioners in Tooele County saying, uh, first, I've heard of this. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, this, is, uh, this is new to me. Not sure exactly uh, what the plan is here, but I'd love to get looped in. Anyway, uh, we may be speaking to the the commissioner later. Uh, Producer Amy has been doing some great legwork for me here this morning. She's back and forth with the mayor of Grantsville, who points out that this venue is uh, technically not within the the city limits of Grantsville. Uh, That's a tangential detail, uh, but it, it may come into play when the questions of permitting and mass gatherings and, you know, the, the, the type of paperwork that, uh, you know, real concert promoters would have taken care of a long, long time ago, 
<laughs> you know, before announcing the event. So we'll see how that all shakes out. We're going to cover that, of course, on my program, uh, Live Mike. That's, again, from 1 o'clock until 3 o'clock on KSL News Radio. You can stream it at kslnewsradio.com or, of course, download the app uh, powered by Any Hour Services. Uh, what else? There was another question I had. Oh, so here's a question. What the heck does Colin Ray know about what's happening here? Is he being used? Is all of this attention that's being paid to congressional candidate Katie Witt and Mayor Katie Witt, is all this attention being paid to this now concert promoter, Eric Mutsos, and protester and activist and former police officer and, and whatever else he'd like to be described as today, is all this attention... Is that, is that the goal? And is Colin Ray's name and his success and his reputation being used to draw this attention? I don't know the answer. Uh, I'd like to hear from Colin Ray. In fact, uh, we've been working pretty hard for the past week or so to connect uh, with the country music superstar, and we haven't been successful, which is curious because I've been in this business for a little while, and I know that when you offer up airtime, the attention of uh, you know the thousands of folks that listen to this program, when you offer up the opportunity to promote your event, performers jump at that stuff. And so it has, and, and that's essentially what we're offering. Mr. Ray, would you like to come on the radio program and talk about this concert you have on the horizon? Talk about some of the rationale that led you to agree to this concert. <clears throat> And let folks know when and where and maybe remind them that there will be T-shirts there at the gate available for purchase. Performers jump at this type of stuff. Managers love airtime and promotion. And so it is curious that we have had difficulty in securing a conversation uh, with the performer. I hope it's not because he's been caught flat-footed. I hope it's not because he feels as though he's being bamboozled by the folks here in Utah. Because I think we're better than that. I think that our, uh, our leaders here, the mayors and the commissioners, uh, and even you and I as everyday citizens, we're better than that. We're not going to take advantage of someone from afar for our own personal gain. I hope I'm wrong, uh, but it sure looks like that's what's happening on the part of Kaysville Mayor Witt, on the part of this concert promoter. And I uh, feel horribly that now Grantsville's getting roped into this, as it appears that the mayor and the other folks uh, who, who lead that community in that county of Tooele uh, have been caught flat-footed, and they don't really know exactly what's going on. So it, it's an odd deal. And the, the truth is, under any other circumstances, we likely wouldn't be paying too much attention to this. But in this new era of coronavirus, it is very easy uh, to get sucked into the, the, the distracting type events and headlines that are playing out before us. And that's what's going on right now. And, uh, and I, I hope, I hope that folks are all, uh, uh, you know, being honest and earnest about their activities and behaviors. I sure hope that this isn't uh, an, an effort by a candidate to elevate their position uh, and enhance their <laughs> ability to get elected to Congress. And I hope is not uh, a gentleman taking advantage of all of this to maybe kickstart a career in concert promotion. <laughs> None of it's going well, in my humble opinion. Well, maybe not humble, in my opinion. Uh, that's what's going on right now. We're going to follow this throughout the day. Amy right now is doing hard work to line up some conversations uh, between myself 
and the leaders in Tooele County and Grantsville and maybe even Colin Ray. So uh, that's coming up. We're going to start the program that way. So at one o'clock, it's going to be you and me talking about this very issue. Let me go to the comments here and see uh, what you folks are saying. Uh, so here, here's a great question. And it is, are you, would you be comfortable attending? Uh, Trisha says, I'll attend. It's my right. And if I'm honest, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I don't think I, I, of course you're within your rights to go attend. Of course. We here in Utah have done things a little bit differently than the rest of the country. You know, Governor Herbert, along with the other you know, leaders of this COVID-19 community task force, uh, informed by uh, state epidemiologist Dr. Angela Dunn, we haven't in this place, in this state, we haven't been placed under any orders. There is not the threat of law enforcement coming down on us to take us away in handcuffs and throw us in the back of the car uh, and taking us downtown because we have violated any orders. Now, there are some county and municipal health departments that have put in place some orders, uh, but looking at things at the state level, uh, we have been able to enjoy things uh, with a great deal of flexibility. And here in the state of Utah, we have enjoyed the fruits of that circumstance. One of the lowest per capita death rates as a result of the coronavirus in the nation, in the world, and one of the highest per capita testing rates. We have great capacity to both exercise prudence and wisdom, and we have great capacity to mobilize those in a position to offer these tests. We're doing great here in Utah. And so when you hear folks talk about tyranny and abuse of the Constitution and our rights being trampled upon, know that they're off base. And no, 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 I'm not some like liberal guy who is, you know, part of big media and I just want to wrestle away control of your lives from you in an effort to like enrich myself uh, and grow the, the, the scope of government. Here, I can prove it. I can prove it. I've got the Arnold Freeberg painting to prove it. See, this proves this proves that I love freedom. There's George Washington right there. Cran at Valley Forge. See, if you've got this painting, you love freedom. That's a joke. I just like the painting. I also do the freedom. Uh, so that's that. We're going to cover it later on in the program. We're going to uh, shift gears here for a second, and I, uh, I'm going to try something. I'm going to try something. I'm going to welcome someone to the program, the Facebook Live, uh, Miss Brenda Crock. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. How are you? I'm doing really well. Now, for folks watching, the question is, who are you? And what is your relevance to this Facebook Live here this morning? I'll tell you, here at uh, KSL, one of the things we've been doing is honoring the class of 2020. As you well know, and as all listeners know, and certainly uh, Utah's high school seniors this year know, there has been a dramatic shift in the way life is being lived and the way lessons are being learned and taught here in the state of Utah. And specifically, the class of 2020 has had some of their dreams and some of their experiences and some of what they have looked forward to for some 12, 13 years uh, has been taken away. There's no problem for a lot of folks. Uh, sports, for the most part, are gone for the rest of the year. Uh, there won't be traditional graduations for folks where they uh, move the tassel from one side to the other. And so we here at KSL, and me in particular, 
I uh, just want those folks to know that uh, I care. The station here honors uh, what they're up to and that we're feeling for them and we're rooting for them. Because next year, you know, it's a whole new chapter of life and you got to be ready and you got to be supported. And uh, I thought maybe you and I could have a little conversation uh, about your experience, your observations, and maybe your advice. You uh, are a teacher. You have been a coach. Uh, you are a mother. Uh, you have seen this play out from, from all angles. Let me first ask you, what do you think has been the, the biggest impact uh, of this you know, new coronavirus circumstance on the graduating class of 2020? Oh, the biggest impact? Um, trying to get through that senioritis uh, on their own. You know, from high school seniors to college seniors. I had a college senior this year. So senioritis plays a big role whether you're in a pandemic or not. And so trying to navigate that uh, independent learning motivation on your own, I can imagine has been huge. When I, when I was a high school senior, I had convinced myself that I was able to hide my senioritis from my teachers. But you, a teacher, are saying that you were able to observe that? <laughs> <laughs> and as a mother, right? Te- uh, I have the double, the double whammy, double superpower. How do you, how do you combat that in this year? Uh, just try to constant communication with them, constant checking in. But that's that's part of the problem on the teacher's end, too, is because, um, you know, we can't just text them on their personal cell phones or, you know, things like that. So we will reach out to them. But then our hours are are different. Um, I don't know if you've had many teenagers in your life, but when they're free to run their own hours, their hours are more like uh, 1 p.m. to 3 a.m. <laughs> Mine are not the same. <laughs> no, you, you don't hold math class at, uh, at <laughs> No, I, I would probably have a higher participation rate if I had it at 1230 a.m. Hey, give it a shot. Right? <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. You say you have had, you've seen this from all the angles. Uh, your two boys, uh, great boys, uh, have been seniors in high school. Should If they were facing what Utah's class of 2020 was facing this year, what advice would you give them? Uh, as moving forward, as they endure the remainder of this class of this year and how best to take the experience of this year, uh, and make the most of it going into the next chapter. Oh, I would tell them like moving forward, like to learn from, from what they've gone through the last, you know, couple of months. Like for example, if you're a high school senior and you're going on to college, um, how, how did online learning work for you? You know, many universities, colleges have online classes. Did that work for you? Did it not work for you? So be cognizant of that when you're registering for classes. Um, Is in-person going to be better? Is online going to be better? So that's a huge learning advantage that they got through this pandemic to decide if online learning worked for them or not. Um, The second big piece would be to look at essential workers. What was essential? So, you know, go down which path you're going to choose in case another global pandemic comes, notice who's working, notice who's essential, et cetera. Fascinating. So make your, you know, to take the first steps towards your own professional career uh, with the consideration that, you know, we've experienced this once. That means it is possible for us to face it again. Uh, right. Would you like to be working in the midst of this? Would you like to be on the front lines? Or would you like to be one of the uh, unfortunate folks who find themselves in a uh, furloughed or laid off or fired circumstance? Sure, sure. 
I, I hadn't considered that. Uh, I hadn't considered our experiences of today as being like guiding, uh, you know, influences on our careers of tomorrow. Right. And, and, you know, um, a lot of people are, would say that, you know, lifelong or life lessons are more important than, you know, book, book lessons. And I think there's a lot of lessons <laughs> that kids, you know, might not have learned uh, on my online math assignments, but <clears throat> communicating with them and giving them the same advice. And I was giving them uh, like mindfulness lessons and stress reducing lessons on top of trying to get them to do some math, but okay, <laughs> those, <laughs> um, uh, you, you've also been a coach during your career. I, on my radio program for the past few weeks, have been touching base with as many high school coaches as possible, knowing that much of what you do is motivating and pushing these student athletes towards excellence. Drawing from your experience as a coach and what you've observed in your student athletes, what you have found successful, along those lines, what type of advice would you give uh, to, to cheer folks? It's it's halftime, or it's you know somewhere in the middle of the play, and uh, the the stakes are high. How do you motivate uh, and move your student athletes towards excellence? Just to remind them that they can do hard things, right? Like this this was hard. It was hard for teachers. It's hard for students to find that motivation. Um, but they're they're coming out on the other end. You know, they they are going to graduate. They are going to move forward. And when they find themselves in a tough position in the future, just to to remember and reflect on what they went through these last couple of months and that they can persevere, that they can do hard things. You are the hero of all of this. You and your fellow teachers are expected to be the ones with all the answers, with all the organization, and seemingly with all of the knowledge and wisdom to navigate, which for you are new waters. And, and like I said, you, you're learning as you go along, but in an effort to aid and best support your students, you've got to be the rock solid uh, person in the situation. H how has that been for you? Uh, difficult. It it's hard. Um, you know, and we, we got notice on a Friday afternoon at what, four o'clock that we're not going to see students on that following Monday and Hey, put everything, you know, put your class online. It was, it's been difficult. Um, luckily I'm, technologically savvy and I've been able to work through it, but, um, not without its glitches, you know, for sure, not without its glitches. So, um, but that's what, that's what we're in the profession is to, we're going to do whatever it takes to make sure our kids are still learning and are taken care of and, and, you know, all the needs that we would do if we saw them in person. Yeah. Well, is, I admire you. I'm grateful to you. And I, uh, I'm also grateful to you for your friendship uh, you are you are one of Piper's aunts. Thank you, thank you. I drag her in here, let you guys go uh, goo goo gaga at each other. Yeah, where where is Piperoni? Uh, she and her mother, uh, beautiful Jessica, uh, they're on a walk. They're either on the roof of the building or, uh, uh, and I'm sorry to admit this, doing laps around the track at West. Oh no! Uh, I didn't I didn't point out. Brenda is a teacher at East High School. Uh, look at that. And, uh, Once yeah. a leopard, always a leopard. Uh, Haley, let me say just one more thing, and that is to any uh, parents out there that are listening. If you have found a newfound uh, appreciation for your child's teacher or teachers, let them know. Like, you know, send them an email, say thanks, 
and uh, maybe to your legislatures as well. When the time comes and education topics come up, if you can remember uh, the hard the hard life, <laughs> uh, it would be appreciated. All right. Brenda Crock, my friend, teacher at East High School, coach, mother, good friend, good advice. Thank you so much. Have <clears throat> a great day. Got the technology here and say goodbye. Um, uh, we'll catch up later on. Thanks again. Uh, outstanding. How about that? That went pretty well. Uh, Brenda, a wonderful friend of mine, has been for a, for a long, long time. Uh, she's a wonderful aunt to beautiful little Piper uh, and a good friend of my family and a good teacher and a friend of yours. We're going to uh, play some of her comments again on the program today. If you missed any of the advice that she had to share, <coughs> excuse me, uh, know that it was valuable and that uh, I, I invite you to listen to it. Uh, one last little thing I want to share with you today, and it has to do with uh, th this debate over masks. It turns out here in the state of Utah, we have had this fight before. Yeah, over 100 years ago, we had this fight. Over 100 years ago, 1917, 18, 19, the world was battling the Spanish flu. <clears throat> if, there's anyone, if there's anyone listening right now, if you know of anyone who is living here in Utah, uh, you know, someone who's, uh, you know, 100 plus, I guess they'd have to be like significantly 100 plus to have any memories. But if you could help me track down someone who was living uh, in Utah, <clears throat> you know, five years old or older, someone who's maybe, oh, they'd have to be, they'd have to be a hundred and, I don't know, between 105 and 110. If you know anyone like that, uh, would you do me a favor and, and reach out either via Facebook here or via the Utah Community Credit Union text line? It's 57500. <coughs> Excuse me. I would love to have a conversation with them and talk about any, any shred of a memory that they have from uh, 1918, 17, 19, uh, when the world was battling the Spanish flu, <clears throat> in particular here in the state of Utah. Here's what <clears throat> I want to share with you. It comes from December 5th, uh, 1918, and it is an article which was published by the editorial board of the Ogden Standard. Uh, out of Ogden, Utah, uh, of course, <clears throat> and it reads, in Salt Lake, many of the medical profession are opposing the use of masks, claiming the masks are germ catchers and tend to increase instead of decrease the epidemic now raging. We, of course, have learned that that's bunk. Uh, that's no good. <clears throat> All right, just to clear that up as we move forward. The article here in the Standard continues, until the doctors present proof of their contention, the layman will doubt the wisdom of their position as the medical authorities of the United States favor masking. <clears throat> Only last week, we read of 5,000 American soldiers uh, arriving in France. And although there were influenza cases abroad, the disease was confined to 28 men. All the soldiers were required to wear masks. They were closely associated with the disease was held in check. Now, these next few paragraphs are fascinating. <clears throat> Those opposed to masking have said that the influenza germ is so small that it will pass through unglazed por porcelain. Okay, that's absurd. <clears throat> Our opinion is the doctors do not know very much about the germ. 
for so far it has not been isolated. There is a theory, there is a theory that the germs are thrown out in globules of moisture. <laughs> no, hold on, just one second. Globules of moisture. I want you to write that phrase down, and I want you to use it sometime today in a sentence, because it's fun, and it will make your friends turn their head, and I think it is great. I'm going to try to use it on my radio program. I'm just going to try to slip it in. So let me write it down here. Globules of moisture. Globules, spelled G-L-O-B-U-L-E-S. Now, Dr. Anthony Fauci, of course, would call them droplets today, but I like globules uh, much more. <clears throat> the article continues. Uh, the theory is that the germ uh, that the germs are thrown out in globules of moisture, either by coughing or sneezing. That while thus encased, the germs. What does that say? The germs protected and remain active, but on striking a mask, the globules are broken, and the bacilli exposed to the air and sunshine instantly are rendered harmless. If this theory is correct, the masks are of inestimable value. <clears throat> the masks also prevent those carrying the disease expelling the germs in the presence of others. So there is a double protection afforded by the mask. Okay, so that sentence right there. Now let me remind you, this what we're reading here is from 1918. It comes from the Ogden Standard and is uh, written by the, the editorial board in the era of the Spanish flu, <clears throat> which took the lives of, uh, of countless thousands of Americans and humans around the world. Uh, and there is a point here, which is the, sole, the basis of the argument uh, in favor of wearing masks today that you and I are hearing, uh, and it was presented over 100 years ago, and it is this. Uh, look right there in the second or the first complete paragraph uh, of this piece of the article. The masks also prevent those carrying the disease, expelling the germs in the presence of others. Now we'll wrap this up <clears throat> and, uh, and move on here quickly. Now the lungs and the lining of the throat must have fresh, pure air. And if the masks in great part shut off that supply of oxygen, they reduce the resisting power. But those who are masked can find ample opportunity to breathe deeply the fresh air and fill their lungs to a greater degree than when they were unmindful of their breathing. Out in the open with no one in contact, the masks may be removed. Finally, <clears throat> 102 years ago from Ogden, Utah, the opinion of the editorial board of the Ogden Standard on December 5th, 1918, in that last sentence, our opinion is the masks should be worn. Our opinion is the masks should be worn. Now, let me tell you something about Utah and the Spanish flu. We, as we are doing today in our fight against the coronavirus, over 100 years ago did very well in our fight against the Spanish flu. Here in the state of Utah, we ultimately <clears throat> did very well in terms of those lives lost and the interruption to commerce and daily life. And it turns out that we have maintained our capacity to do so. The wisdom, as expressed by the Ogden Standard, the opinion that masks should be worn, is the same advice being handed down to us today. We have a case study of the efficacy of this advice, which is over 100 years old. There is no reason we shouldn't take that same advice today because results were yielded, positive, good results, life-saving results were yielded in 1918, and they can 
be our experience here today. I'm going to sign off. That's going to do it for this episode of Live Mike. A few, uh, a few, a few uh, comments I'd like to check on right here. Um, <clears throat> all right, very good. I, the, the question earlier. Uh, this is going back to when we were talking about the uh, the Colin Ray concert. I threw out the question: Does uh, do you feel comfortable, or would you feel comfortable attending the concert? Uh, I presume Julianne was answering that question here. Nope with, is that how many? One, two, three, four, six exclamation points. So, you know, she's serious. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it for Facebook Live. Thanks for hanging on. Uh, we tried uh, some new technological efforts here today. Spoke to a guest, uh, looked at some newspaper clippings. As you know, I'm a big nerd for that type of stuff. And we'll very easily and often tumble down rabbit holes uh, to expand on some of the stories that we cover here. So uh, that's it for me. I'm on the radio today, KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM, 1160 AM from 1 o'clock until 3 o'clock. You can get that on the radio or you can get that online, kslnewsradio.com. And lastly, via the KSL News Radio app, you can download that wherever you get your apps, Android, iPhone, whatever, powered by any hour services. That's it for me. I'll be back tomorrow, Friday edition of Facebook Live. As always, I'll see you on the radio later on. Thanks again. Bye-bye.